Welcome everyone to the first live episode of The Future Belongs to Creators with your new hosts. I'm Charlie. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Haley and Miguel. And this is a show about the creator economy, I guess. I don't know. We need to still figure out exactly how we describe what this show is going forward, right? In time, it'll come. It'll come. Yeah. One day we'll just like open our mouths and say it in the introduction and it'll feel right. <laughs> no, yeah. The, the journey is half of it at least. Yeah, at least half of it. I don't know. Today on the show, we thought for our first episode with, you know, first official episode with us as hosts, because the last one was kind of like just an introduction. We just talked about ourselves a bunch, basically. <laughs> uh, in this episode, we want to talk about entertainment versus education when it comes to content. And let me just set the scene for this a little bit, because this is something I've been thinking about a lot throughout 2020, uh, especially. So back when I first started making content myself, I focused pretty hard on making sure my content was valuable. And I felt a lot of pressure to do that. I think it was because of a lot of the people I followed online, like that's what they would talk about is like, make sure your content's valuable. And it was sort of like, you know, pressed into me. And I then took that view and applied it to the content that I consumed. And it was like, okay, well, I should only be making and like consuming stuff if it's educational and if it's valuable. But for 2020, like, I don't know about you two, but my brain just wanted a break from a lot of things in 2020. And I found so much joy in content that like isn't educational at all. I cannot tell you how many hours of like game streams I watched in 2020. Like I didn't want to know. It would be embarrassing. But it, it sort of shifted my my mindset on this. And I just started to fully understand and like fully grasp the value of entertainment content in seeing like what it was doing for me and my mental health, you know? So yeah, I'm keen for your thoughts on this and, and where you're coming at this from. And that's what we wanna chat about today. And we wanna hear from people in the live chat on YouTube as well, like what your thoughts are on this and, and how you see content. So feel free to chime in at any time. We won't hear you, but we will see your comments. <laughs> Before we jump in though, I mean, I don't know, has anyone noticed uh, Barrett Brooks, like former Future Belongs to Creators podcast host hanging out there in the chat? How does he feel about being described as a former host as well? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, I love it. I love this topic so much for so many reasons, but something that you said that made me think about this a little bit more deeply is that you didn't realize it until 2020 right? Mm. And that's because the entire world was going through this at the same time, right? Whereas I think you'd be remiss or we would re be remiss to forget that everybody has ebbs and flows about what's going on in their personal lives. And they all need entertainment in various different periods or times in their creative journey that aren't educational. You know, mm. me, for example, might not be 2020, but after I have a kid, I've had three beautiful children that I love so much, but they are mentally draining and I don't want to think about anything. I just want to watch Bridgerton, you know? So like sometimes like entertainment, it's just needed. It's so necessary, yeah. you know, and that that's not just because of 2020. That's every day, every year, every month for someone thing. I can't, couldn't agree more. I think one of the things that I have learned probably in general, but also about myself is that like, I used to love like super gritty TV shows and like a lot of crazy things happening that are like blowing my mind. And then like 
2020 happened and I'm just like watching reruns of TV shows that I've seen a long time ago because like it's comfortable, it's nice, I know how it ends. They like every episode ends with like they tie a little bow at the end and now all, all, all the story arcs get resolved and everybody's fine at the end and then that's it. And you can it's just like a little bite-sized little thing of happiness and then and then that's it. It doesn't have to teach me a lesson. It doesn't have to leave me at the end of my seat. I don't have to binge the entire season in order to like feel like some sense of completion. It's just, you know, 20 year old episode of Star Trek. You know, we saved the alien race and then we just, you know, we're good. So, uh, yep, I'm a nerd. And <laughs> now but we know. that's that's how I feel. Yeah. Was it just me or was anyone else binge watching, though, The Office, even though I've seen it 7,500 times before December 31st because of Netflix's terrible decision to remove it? I think it was NBC, but whatever. I still blame Netflix for it. It's the worst decision ever. Well, yeah. And then I was hunting for episodes of Parks and Rec. And then I'm like, wait, that was already gone before the new year. Like Parks and Rec left early and I was so sad. And you missed it. (laughs) Well, what's even sadder is that I don't think The Office has ever been on Spain Netflix, so I can't rewatch it on Netflix. <laughs> Are you a fan of the UK Office or much you prefer like- the US one? Much prefer. Right. Yeah, big fan of Michael Scott. Uh, you answered correctly. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. you can <laughs> Thank stay you. On I can the podcast. Stay on the show, huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something I think is really interesting about your both of your responses just then is that the entertainment content you were talking about is more like traditional media entertainment, I guess, you know, like TV shows and Star Trek, or was it Wars? Sorry, Miguel, I know I've got to get that right in whatever you're talking about. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I do not discriminate all sci-fi Between cool. the stars. Put okay, star yeah. in front of it, I'll watch it. Great. But like, where do you stand on consuming content from creators that is purely for entertainment? Is that something you do? Like what, what fills your feeds, like your YouTube subscription box, your Instagram feed? Is it more education side? Is it more the entertainment side? Gosh, I'll take a stab at that first. For me, it's music. I listen and watch more music. That This is something that's, I mean, for me, it's, it's constant. So this is not exclusive, obviously, to 2020. But I think one of the things that I've, I've thought about a lot, especially as I've been working on creator sessions, right, is I don't necessarily think that creators are creating music for other people as entertainment. Musicians are creating it for other people as entertainment. They're doing it for themselves, right? To like fill this this hole or fill this. Sam Tinez is a creator uh, who's doing a creator session. And that's one of the things that he was saying. It hasn't been released yet, but he was saying that a lot of creators are like, he's like, we're all trying to like fill this void that we have. And that's one of the reasons why they create. But ultimately, music is served up as entertainment, right? It's never designed necessarily to serve this purpose of like education for someone or either even inspiration for someone that but that's always a result of it, right? Music always inspires people to do things or serves this purpose of, I don't know. I mean, it it applies to so many different people, so many different ways. Um, But for me, it's usually music is the content that I see more. I'm not into necessarily, I don't watch, what is it? Among Us? Among Us is that a really popular game that everyone... It is that really popular (laughs) game that I've watched way too many hours of. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, I I have not gotten into that. Uh, I haven't gotten into that yet. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, to, to touch a little bit on that music thing, some of my favorite musicians are people that I would describe as, even if they didn't have an audience, they'd still be doing what they're doing. Like they can't 
not create. Like hmm. that's their outlet. That's their meditation. That's their therapy. Like there's no way they can't not write music. And those are usually like the people that create the, to me, what I consider to be the, the, the best stuff that I connect with. So that's kind of where I, I agree with Haley there, but also like to give you, uh, so I have a little story. So yeah, story time. So my wife and I, she oftentimes like to unwind after she's a nurse. So, you know, you know, in this day and age, that's pretty tough job. So she likes yeah. to unwind by watching, you know, uh, Snapchat TV or like Instagram TV and like random videos of like people doing things like, uh, but, but like simple things, like maybe sometimes it's like a new method of putting on makeup or like, it's just like this, I guess it's educational because it shows you how to do something, but you also kind of like get this sense of completion because like you get this like good feeling of like watching somebody like a before and after, you know, like somebody who like, okay, they look like me, they've had a hard day at work and then they spend 20 minutes through like a super sped up video of them putting on makeup and now they look like something amazing. And I always kind of like give her a hard time of just like, oh, why do you like watching people draw on their face? And like, do you make a like, obviously I don't connect with that, but she does. But then I, she caught me doing something that I realized was the exact same thing, just in a different medium, which is Instagram. The, the algorithm has totally figured me out and it notices that I look at woodworking stuff. And now I just watch sped up videos of people making a table in 20 seconds. And I'm just like, oh, that's so cool. So I'm basically the same thing. So yeah, it's educational. I didn't learn how to make that table really. I mean, you think maybe you did because you saw all the steps and super fast forward, but what took them probably an hour, two hours, half a day, and they sped it up and showed it in 20 seconds. Like, I don't know, it inspires me to like, oh, I could, maybe I could build something like that. I don't know the step-by-step, step, but like, you know, it like spurs me to action and it like, it's really something that kind of gets me excited about creating myself. So maybe not necessarily educational, but also definitely has an entertainment value. So it's a cool mix. I think what I'm hearing here though, is that we all consider entertainment to be different things, mm. you know? So like, for example, like Charlie, you dig into Among Us and I don't know, I, I don't want to judge among us, but I don't know if there is an educational component to that at all. There is right. Not. There is just here. Real. You're just <laughs> killing people and trying to figure out who killed people or yeah. not people. They're like little minions or something, something little like space that. Space people to be exact. space people, space people. <laughs> um, where I am like Miguel, I find certain types of content to be both educational and entertaining. Like I, I don't find myself watching a lot of like video games or my, things like that, that don't serve some sort of value, I, I guess. I personally don't find that entertaining. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. And I just want to redeem myself a little here and say that there is other <laughs> things that I watch for entertainment too. <laughs> like one good example that I think lines up with what you two both are talking about is I watch a lot of like home decor, home mm. renovation, that sort of channel and like sure I'm sort of learning for the future when like one day I get to own my own home and can do it up and like you know go nuts with it but mm -hmm. I'm that's not why I'm watching it like I'm not watching it because I'm like I want to learn how to make a room look nice I'm watching it usually because I like the creator themselves it's like mm. someone that I like maybe I watched one educational video of theirs and I got brought into who they are as a creator you know and then it just becomes like a candy for my brain you know like <laughs> it's, it's what my brain is craving and it's like I just want to watch this and chill out 
Maybe maybe mm-hmm. wine is a better uh, like analogy there. Wine for my brain. Yeah. 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 But but what does sus mean? You know, like, <laughs> isn't just, Among Us thing, Haley? You wouldn't understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you I was like, did I know. just get did I just get called out? Like, what? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but it's okay. Yeah, I would love right, to hear from right. from everyone in the chat when they're not calling Haley sus. Uh, <laughs> what do you consume? Entertainment, education. What do you reach for? You know, when you're like, oh, I've got ten minutes. I want to watch something. Are you like, this is a thing I want to learn and I want to watch that now? Or I don't know. For me, I just open up my feed and I pick the most interesting looking video on my YouTube subscription feed. And usually it's home decor or Among Us or some sort of gameplay. That's what it ends up being. (laughs) I think that um, I just want to admit something here as well, like while we're admitting things, because you talked about judging Haley Mm. and you did a little bit as well, Miguel, like talking about, you know, inadvertently judging your wife for the makeup content, (laughs) which I also used to be really into. So I can relate to her there. I used to find myself judging other creators as well when they would choose this as the type of content they would make, you know, where, I don't know, this is going to make me sound really bad, but I sort of saw myself as like better than them because I was making stuff that was educational and valuable. And I was like, they're just making stuff that's like, you know, uh, empty calories of content. Mm. Here I am with the analogies again. Uh, And I don't know. I guess that's why, sort of why I wanted to talk about this is because I have had such this huge shift in 2020 of how I view that. And I'm like, I don't know what I, like how I'd be feeling right now if Jacksepticeye hadn't kept streaming all these games that I spent hours and hours watching this year that, you know, kept me sane. And so maybe this is just my apology to creators that I silently judged over the the past few years. But that's just, yeah, that's just how I was feeling about it. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, I, I just feel like everybody kind of has like their tastes and they're like very, every, whatever it is that you really like, I feel most people tend to have a justification for, and it, sometimes we tend to compare it to others and you've arrived at what you believe to be good. Mm. And, um, you have a definition of that, that makes sense to you, but other people might not. Like, for example, there might be a pop song that I absolutely cannot stand, but clearly people like it because it's selling millions of records. Everybody knows all the words. It's everywhere you go. It's always on the radio, sometimes at the same time on two different radio stations. And it's not because people hate it. So, you know, we tell ourselves that, oh, well, most people are just dumb and they don't know what good music is, but that's a really shallow way of looking at it. And then it's just tastes are different and they're nuanced. And, um, what people get out of things that have been created. You know, if I'm listening to a Radiohead album from the 90s, what I'm looking for is not the same thing that somebody that is listening to the maybe the latest Taylor Swift album. You know, we're not necessarily searching for the same thing out of music in that moment. Sometimes you just want something that you want to run to and makes you go. And Unfortunately, 1994 Radiohead is not the best thing to, you know, work out to. It's pretty sad sometimes. So it just depends. Like what what it is that you're trying to get out of the content and how you're connecting with it is such a big part of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think maybe part of my aversion to like pure entertainment, like stuff that, you know, could never be construed as, as valuable, like the Among Us games that we keep coming back to. I felt like I had a responsibility for my audience's time and that that's why I was focusing so heavily on 
the educational side of things and like making sure that everything I was doing was going to be valuable or whatever. And I feel like I'm now realizing, especially after hearing you just say that, Miguel, that I was perhaps not giving my audience enough credit to like make their own freaking decisions about how they spend their time. Um, and the like this year, I started making content that is purely entertainment value for the first time ever. Yeah, I started streaming some games of my own, sometimes Among Us, sometimes other things on Twitch. <laughs> and, you know, you don't learn a single thing from watching me play these games apart from how bad at games I am. And maybe if it was a year ago, I wouldn't have wanted to start that because I would have felt like, you know, if I spend my time making this, it's not going to be helping anybody. But now I feel like I know that it actually is because you're giving someone, you know, whether it's the company, the like chance to switch their brain off, the laughs, whatever it is, like that that's valuable too. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that one of the valuable, like really valuable benefits of turning your brain off is that it often sparks more creativity. Great point. You know, yeah. And so for me, that comes in various different ways. And for you, it might be thinking about killing an alien man, you know, or a spaceman. <laughs> but if my point is, is that if you're constantly consuming educational content, you can't consume it and actually absorb it and then therefore apply it to your creative outlets. If you don't give your chance, your brain a chance to just sit you know it's one of the reasons why meditation is so freaking popular is because it gives your brain the opportunity to just rest and that is oftentimes where creativity spikes you know i really don't have any idea what among us is i'm sorry guys my kids could probably my 8 year old could probably explain it slightly. it's fine it's not important <laughs> i do like this comment that emily just wrote though that we need to normalize value in the human being not just what they do. And I think that that is a big part of it. And it's, it sort of feels weird for me to, I don't know, I feel a lot of imposter syndrome about this as a creator, perhaps producing entertainment content. Cause I'm like, when I'm producing my design videos, right? I'm like, oh, people are here because I'm teaching them something. And like, that's good. Like, that's what they like about me. If someone's watching me play a game, they're there for really no other reason other than they're finding me entertaining. And for some reason, I find that harder to accept, you know, sort of like it's a compliment in a way. And I find it really hard to accept that compliment. But Emily's right. Like there's value in us as humans, not just the things we do and the skills that we have. Good point, Emily. Yeah. What do you think about the monetization side of entertainment, though? Because I feel like this is where things can get difficult for creators. Uh, and there's like, you know, obviously many different solutions for monetizing and for earning a living online as a creator. But a lot of the great ways are through teaching, right? Like it's what we encourage a lot at ConvertKit is to teach what you know. We help people make courses and like, I don't know, sell, sell workshops and, and mentor sessions, coaching sessions, things like that. In entertainment, I sometimes worry that people end up having to teach because it's the way to make money, you know, and that people end up going down that path. And instead of just doing their craft and being really great at that, their craft, they have to start teaching it if they want to earn a living. Seems to be the path a lot of people take. Just curious for your thoughts on that. I think that people's experience and their perspective and their personality all have value. Um, and a lot of the times I feel as creators and 
maybe this is how y- you feel when you're doing something cre- uh, purely entertainment as opposed to educational, is that you probably feel like your educational content is more valuable than your, you know, purely entertainment I do. Things, I absolutely right? do. You're right. Yeah. I've got to call and, myself out um, on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll call you out on it here okay, as well. Thanks, so, yeah, no problem. <laughs> but you know, I, the point I'm trying to make is I feel like we are, as creators, and I I sometimes pretend to be one myself, although... Um, you are one. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Um, but it's, uh, I feel it's, it's hard for us to decide that there's value in what we're doing. Sometimes people when I connect with customers and they're, and they're working on, on, on a, say a course that they're selling, um, they have a hard time trying to talk themselves into actually selling something that they've created. Mm. You know, they, they feel it, you know, the, the moment you put a price tag on something, you're, you know, p- you're putting a wall between a potential follower of what you're creating, um, and yourself. Um, and that paywall can be a turnoff to some people. And, as creators, we hate the idea of turning people off and turning them away. More than anything, we just want to get what we know out there and engage with people. You know, it is a perfectly reasonable thing to expect to make a living from your experience and what you know. And there's value in that. And sometimes we just need someone to tell us that because what you know and what you have to offer is valuable. And you'd be surprised how many people would be willing to pay for what you know if you just put yourself out there. Agreed. Agreed. I have a question though, that I think would be helpful for me and maybe people that are listening as well. Charlie, you said that uh, early on in the episode, you said that this was the first year that you started creating just entertainment content, right? Mm -hmm. And it had nothing to do with education. And then you relayed the question back to monetization. What would be an example for those that are listening that are trying to figure out like, what is their type? Like, how are you monetizing entertainment for you Mm -hmm. versus your educational content? Because quite frankly, that's something that I'm, you know, confuses me even. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to hear that from you to break it down a little bit more on like actual monetization methods for entertainment content that might be, let's say among us related or streaming it on Twitch versus, uh, again, lack of knowledge there versus your design, right? Your YouTube channel where you're purely talking about design and monetization strategies might be sponsored content, right? Or, Mm. you know, a sponsored video, whatever. So I'd love to hear that from you. Yeah. So a lot of it, I think, uh, a lot of the like issues I see with monetizing entertainment content, I feel like I've realized this throughout our talk. This has been sort of like creative therapy for me. <laughs> a lot of it is in my own hangups and like self-doubt in, in charging for things. But the main way that I would say a lot of people make money through video entertainment content anyway is through like channel subscriptions. That's the thing on Twitch, like you can pay to subscribe to someone. And you can get benefits like you don't see ads and there's a subscriber only chat and stuff like that. But it's also just a way to be like, hey, I like what you're doing and I want to support you. Uh, It's kind of like really like it's a patron, Patreon type of model where there's someone doing something you like, you want them to keep doing that and you either tip them or support them on a regular basis to, to keep doing so. And I guess I feel uncomfortable with the idea of that or sort of like afraid of the idea of that. Because like Miguel called out, I don't value that entertainment content as much as I do my educational stuff. So that's like my own issue with it, you know, because also on the other side, I'm out here like monetarily supporting the creators who have been entertaining me this year because I, you know, 
have gotten so much value from it. So it's all very ironic, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think that's the main way. And you can do sponsored content that is entertainment as well. Like a lot of people will do sponsored videos that are, you know, entertainment-based videos. Brands are still interested in that. But I think it's more the challenge as a creator if you're going the entertainment route rather than education is people are there for you and Mm. you are entertaining them, you and your personality, your way of doing things. Whereas education, the content can sort of like prop you up a bit more, I guess, and like the topic. So there's maybe a little bit more pressure on the personality side in that way. And like, honestly, it's probably harder. And so I have great respect for all the entertainment content creators now. I've come full circle. Yeah. Can you think of a content creator that you know does that really well, though, like a Casey Neistat, for example, who I feel like when I think of Casey Neistat, I think of more entertainment style content. Definitely. I don't. Yeah. So like, but he does you, there is absolutely educational components to things that he does as well. That might be even more exclusively educational in nature. Like the end goal is more to educate or inspire. Who's a creator that does that really well, who charges or is paid for both entertainment and educational content? Ooh, entertainment and education. I think a lot of the big YouTube channels, like the big ones that start out teaching things, when they get an audience and maybe like, I guess when they get some content under their their feet themselves as a creator, people come for their personality. And so their videos can sort of like be less teaching heavy and bring in more of the entertainment side every now and then. One that comes to mind for me is this channel called The Sorry Girls. They're two Canadian women who have like a home decor, styling, renovation, DIY sort of thing going on. And there's a lot of teaching, like they do tutorials for making things, but they also do just like fun videos and fun challenges Mm. that I enjoy watching. So I feel like they do it well. Yeah. And they do a lot of sponsored content as a a big way for them to make money, I think. This conversation got me thinking, uh, how about uh, like what what the sort of the, the funnel is when it comes to different types of entertainment? So when you're thinking of something educational, if I'm paying for something, I'm probably thinking of it in the way of like a return. What's like, what's my ROI? What's my return on my investment? So if I pay you money so that you can teach me this thing, which then I can turn it into something that can make me money, then I feel better about paying you money for it because eventually it'll pay for Mm. itself. Whereas like something like entertainment is something, okay, I'm gonna give you money and I'm gonna enjoy myself watching you and it'll make me happy, but it won't make me money, it'll just make me happy. So it's a lot harder to talk ourselves into spending money because happiness or, you know, a, a fleeting moment like of watching somebody play a video game on Twitch is not something that really has an ROI per se, mm. you know? So it's mm. harder for you to sort of justify spending your money on that. So th- you, we have to sort of like build these other ways around trying to justify those things like, oh, well, they're a creator and I want to support them. Like we have to sort of like make these qualifying statements why we're going to part with money to be entertained. And the truth is we do it all the time. You pay for Netflix, or maybe you're just stealing your friend's login, but someone's paying for it. <laughs> someone thinks it's something someone thinks it's worthy of it, you know? You're paying for Hulu, you're paying for Disney Plus, whatever it is you're paying for, you know, there is obviously some intrinsic value in your entertainment. It's just I I want to break away from this feeling of like having to explain yourself for paying for something that's just purely for entertainment. Yeah, maybe it's sort of like it's it's shifted in a way where with educational content that you personally pay for, like let's put sponsored videos and that sort of stuff aside as a way of getting money. But when you're paying directly for educational content, 
you pay and then you receive the value. But if you pay directly for entertainment content, you know, creator to creator in a way, you receive the value and then you sort of pay to say thank you in a way, mm. like with a subscription or a patron or a tip or whatever it is, or buying a merch. Like you're doing that because you've received value from that person and you want to give back. Um, like, and then obviously like maybe that doesn't hold up because it's the other way, like you got to pay before you can see the Netflix stuff. But <laughs> in a way they've proven to you that the value is going to be there. And so you already know that and that's why you pay for it. Well, I don't that's know. the free trials for. Yeah, exactly. It's just a theory. Maybe it doesn't hold up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I've learned a lot about or nothing at all about what Among Us actually is this episode. <laughs> Great. I'm glad we kept. Yeah, that was the That's point. Actually, that was the whole point. It was all we veiled it in a talk about creators and things like that. But really, <laughs> it's just to get you to play this silly game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One day we'll get Haley playing it. This was a good chat, though. Thanks for indulging me, you two, in um, talking through my issues and uh, (laughs) some stuff that I'd learned recently. (laughs) Before we end, I do want to shout out that uh, if you are a creator right now working to grow your audience, ConvertKit is running a challenge. And this is a challenge you could take part in, whether you make educational or entertainment content. So you should head to convertkit.com slash challenge and sign up. You can win 10 freaking grand. That's the grand prize for this. So like it's worth taking part. You got to make a landing page, get subscribers, and that's what gets you entered. So you might as well try because that's another way you can make money as a creator. There we go. I turned it back around. <laughs> this was yeah. fun uh, though. Is there anything stopping me from signing up for this thing? Yes, Miguel, because you are a ConvertKit employee. Ah. You're not allowed. <laughs> okay. Okay. I should clarify. Well, Anyone listening who's not a ConvertKit employee <laughs> should apply for this challenge. <laughs> well, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Managed to get through well, the whole podcast without saying a curse word. Is, is damn a word? I don't know, whatever. I don't think it's a curse word. I think okay. you're fine there. Okay, good. Cool. <laughs> do I need to rectify that? Because I can absolutely do that real quick. Let's end the podcast right now. Oh, all right. right. All right. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. And we'll see you back here the same time next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.